Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. So, hey there, pal. How are you doing today? Good, Tom. Hope you are. Good, good. Um, we're, we're here. Pal Slaughter and I are here um, with our latest edition of the Homefront podcast, which runs as part of our On the Record podcast. So again, we'd like to invite all our, our listeners, our loyal listeners, all, all half dozen of them. And, um, but <laughs> anyway, um, hope everybody's doing well, despite the challenges of the industry. Um, we know it's tough for everybody right now, but we're sort of in this together. Anyway, we have um, two very special guests today that we are really grateful to have on our podcast. And that is Kirk Darrow, president and CEO of Lazy Boy, and Melinda Whittington, who is chief financial officer of Lazy Boy. And we felt this would be a timely um, program uh, because of the recent announcement that Kirk Darrow will be retiring um, but remaining chairman of the of the board, uh, effective April 25th. Is that correct, Kurt? That is correct. Yes. Um, and, and Kurt, you have had 40 plus years of service with Lazy Boy, as I understand. Yeah, actually, next week I would I would have I start my 43rd year. Your 43rd year. It'll be a short year because it'll only be a month, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be no, I'm sure. I started, you started on the sales and marketing side of the business, Kurt. I did. I did indeed. And you have been president and CEO for the past 17 years. Correct. And um, chairman of the board for the past 10. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Well, again, welcome. And, and Melinda, um, you have been with the company now um, about two and a half years with Lazy Boy? That's right. It'll be three years in June. Three years in June. Excellent. And um, Melinda has quite an extensive uh, experience on the financial uh, side of things. Um, three decades, more than three decades of uh, professional career. Um most recently, I think before Lazy Boy, uh, she was senior VP and controller of Kraft Foods Group. Um, and you had more than 20 years experience as finance director at Procter & Gamble prior to that. And for about three and a half years or so uh, earlier in your career, you were an auditor at KPMG. So, um, Again, uh, you bring a wealth of experience to this new position. And again, we'd like to welcome you both and thank you for joining us. Pal, did you want to kind of kick off? Yeah, yeah and um, Tom, you kind of set that up well for um, one of the first things we wanted to talk about. Um, 
Um, Kurt and Melinda, you know, when we look at the furniture industry, the the track to CEO um, has traditionally, in many most cases, run through the sales and marketing side of the business. Um, Melinda, you're you know, you're coming in from the financial side to this top post, and we're kind of wondering what you both, if you could both share some thoughts about what that says about Lazy Boys' needs today and moving ahead. And Melinda, why your skill set is so important right now? Paul, let me start. I I think uh, I think titles are somewhat sometimes misleading. Um, while she's been a CFO and a finance expert, um, what we're, what you look for in a new CE new CEO is leadership capabilities, uh, strategic thought. Uh, respect from the team, uh, insights into the consumer, um, all of that. And and Melinda exhibits those characteristics uh, uh, every day. And let me just give you uh, two examples. Um, back in 2003, when they named me CEO, uh, we were much more centered on a manuf- as a manufacturing company rather than a marketing company. Um, and I was to oversee the, the whole enterprise and I didn't know that much about manufacturing. So we've, we found, uh, over time, a great leader in our supply chain and, um, and I give him some of my input at times, but I don't run manufacturing. So you got to be careful about putting people in buckets and I'll go one step further. Uh, Pat Norton was never the CEO of lazy boy with a title. Now he, he had a huge influence and drove the company and was the right man for the job for the 20 years or so he was in the company, but he worked for Charles Knebush hmm. and Charles Knebush was the CEO and he was a manufacturing guy. So it's all about developing the team and having the leader with the right skills and insights and characteristics and all that. And, uh, uh, and another thing is for the, the past year plus, Melinda has been hand in hand with me and everything I've done uh, this past year uh, at meetings at, with, outside of what you would typically say a CFO is involved in. So I, I implore you not to think that uh, we got to turn to a finance person because there's something wrong with our accounting or there's something major. It, it's not that it's, it's just, um, uh, it's just, she's the right person for us now at this time. Uh, and she's going to do great things for us. Uh, and my last comment, and I'll let her come out of her own career, but you, you can't, from what I've seen, and we have some other people we've have joined us from P and G, you can't work there unless you have a passion for product because they are a, a consumer package company. And, and uh, uh, she has that and she's partnered with uh, marketers, merchandisers, all that her whole life. So this it, just because she's got a different professional title doesn't mean there's a sea change going on and Lazy Boy is going to reverse course. I would just build on on what Kurt said throughout my career and in particular in in two decades at Procter and Gamble, a finance and accounting career path is very much a 
a multifunctional exposure. You bring you bring the numbers side to the game, uh, but you are truly part of a multifunctional team. And I've always had a, a lot of passion for manufacturing side of things, for brand, for the consumer. Um, and in fact, you know, I spent a, a small amount of time where I went off into technology field instead of consumer and brand and realized how much I missed it. And that was a lot of the drawback to Lazy Boy. Um, the other skill set that you can't help but build in a PNG type world, and it's just an area I really enjoy, is developing teams. And uh, I've been fortunate to to work, you know, alongside Kurt as this was becoming, you know, more of a possibility, um, and have a lot of a lot of input into the team that he has built in recent years. Um, I think we've got a great group of leaders that will, you know, lead this next chapter together. So I think it's much less about uh, about specifically the finance skill set, although the discipline thinking I think is very valuable, particularly in these crazy times, um, and kind of that that discipline tactical skill set. But it's really more about leading the team for this for great brand, great group of brands. Um, and in uh, uh, a great company with a lot of opportunity for the years ahead. Okay, well, thanks a lot for kind of putting all that in perspective, and um, and again, you know, helping us to we're, we're observers here, so you're helping us to avoid putting people in buckets. That's great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Melinda, I'm just curious how um, you came decided to to sort of come into the furniture industry. Was this something that you had had your eye on for a little while or? I was, um, so as I said, I, you know, through, throughout my career, brand has been very important to me. I really mm -hmm. like tangible product and, and, and consumer. And I took a small foray out and realized how much I missed it. So I was evaluating a series of opportunities mm -hmm. um, and ended up meeting the team here at Lazy Boy. And honestly, I, I was drawn by the integrity of this organization, um, the passion to do what's right and the passion for our brand and now our brands. Mm -hmm. um, and, and honestly, um, I think I was hooked my first day. My first interview was down at the furniture market and mm -hmm. um, the schedule got a little bit messed up and uh, I, I was uh, thrust upon our um, head of merchandising and, and told, you know, go take her around, walk her around the, uh, the floor for and, and kill 30 minutes. Um, and I just got so excited about about the, the beauty of the brand, the fashion of the brand, um, the whole market experience. I think. I think I was supposed to be there a couple of hours. And in the end, we extended to a healthy part of the day. I spent more time with Kurt. We started walking through the different buildings, seeing, seeing a lot of our showrooms for, you know, our case goods and our, and, and our, uh, our England brand. And I just mm -hmm. kind of became enamored with the whole, uh, the whole, uh, business. And There's nothing like that first market. <laughs> 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 it be overwhelming. But, but speaking of brand, obviously, Lazy's, Lazy Boy has a premier position in the marketplace as, as a premier brand in the industry, well-known among consumers. But, you know, it also has a very strong position as a whole home resource. And that's, that's been the case a number of years as case goods have been part of the mix, you know, with Kincaid, um, American Drew, and, and Hamry 
as the three primary case goods lines. Um, is there is there an opportunity for the company to kind of position or better position upholstery to uh, with case goods to kind of increase its relevance to the consumer base? And um, you know, how do, how do you view the the wood brands in relation to the overall? lazy boy, you know, umbrella, so to speak. Well, you know, our history, Tom, with case goods that mm -hmm. that we purchased the lad, uh, which was heavily into the case goods business. Yes. Right at right at the time, everything went to Asia mm -hmm. and and we weren't competitive. And that was one of my first challenges is to kind of reset our portfolio on what was important. And, and what was not. So, you know, we sold American to Martinsville, we closed Lee, we, we did a lot, we did a lot of things. So, mm -hmm. uh, case goods at one time was, I think $600 million of our, of our business, but we were, we had been losing money there for about two years and just had to, mm -hmm. and had to move on. So, yeah. you know, that the strategic thought early on with, uh, our case goods businesses, we sell a lot of wood product in our Lazy Boy stores. So if we if we didn't have our own uh, case good brands, we would have to source that. Yeah. And um, and we're doing more and more with our in-home design on bedroom and dining. Originally, it was primarily occasional pieces, occasional tables, mm -hmm. but it's moved on to be more than that. So so our attitude is that if we're going to do the sourcing and develop the product and, and inventory it all. In addition to servicing the Lazy Boy stores, where else can we sell those brands? Mm. And and in, in my opinion, you know, the opportunity is not the entire industry because so many of the larger uh, retailers can go direct to Asia and, and source them uh, directly themselves. But there is a, a great mid-tier of customers who aren't large enough to have their own sourcing uh, team over in Asia and cannot flow containers all the time uh, and and appreciate quality uh, better in case goods. And that's who our target is. So um, can it can it expand? And your comment is we make uh, Kincaid upholstery. Uh, at the old Alex Vale plant, so we do and we do uh, interpret both the Kincaid upholstery and and uh, their case goods together. Yes, and uh, we also uh, our merchandising people at Lazy Boy has a big hand in helping to develop the Hamry product mm. that will work with the upholstery that we're putting into the Lazy Boy stores. So there is a great. Uh, cohesiveness of how we think about the business, how we think about the product we're introducing, mm -hmm. and how we can maximize your original thought about the whole home. Well, that was something, wasn't it? This is Trisha again for Klausner Home Furnishings. From my very first collection, I knew I'd come to the right place, that Klausner understood what I wanted to do with my furniture, how I wanted to share my recipe for comfortable living with the world. Now, let's get back to Bill McLaughlin and see what he and his guests have to share with us. I'd like to kind of get back on uh, you explained a lot of the, um, I guess, the organization of the transition here. Um, and it sounds like, it's, you know, you've been working on this for a while. But, um, you know, Kurt, you know, 
you know, you went through a transition into, you know, the top post here um, a while back, um, you know, with, um, you know, with Pat and, um, and um, Mr. Knabish and um, wondering, you know, what you learned then. Um, that was a pretty big move. Um, you know, some longtime people. What did you learn then that you've applied to this transition with Melinda? And, um, you know, Melinda, you know, can you also kind of talk about Kurt's legacy and, um, you know, how that's going to influence the company moving forward and maybe some of the things you'd like to concentrate on? So I think uh, I, I learned a lot. I learned in the transition and I've kept it in my memory of some of the things to do and some of the things not to do. And I think for us, and Melinda's had a big hand in this, uh, probably the, the easy and selfish thing to do is say, Melinda, uh, you're going to be the CEO in a year and a half. Good luck. And uh, walk out. And, uh, and, and if you have problems with the team and people that aren't uh, working out, leave that for the next person to straighten out. That wasn't our plan. Uh, we've worked really hard the last number of years uh, on developing a, a strong team uh, because with, with, the, with the size and the complexity of, uh, of our business today, uh, one person can't, can't oversee everything. And, mm -hmm. and, and uh, I, you know, I, I've been blessed here the last number of years to have the best team that I've, been associated with since I've been at Lazy Boy. So we, we wanted to get the team developed. We wanted to get her finance area as strong as possible so she could step out of being the CFO and be the CEO. And, uh, uh, and so I see my role is giving her ideas uh, or giving her advice or uh, talking to her about why things happened in history. But with any of those things, she can ignore them all. She's going to be her own person. She's going to have her own ideas. Um, when I, after I step down in April, uh, I'm going to be available if she wants to chat. Uh, hopefully, we'll have dinner once a month or something to see how things going. But you know, I, I've had my time, um, and most of it was good. There were some real difficult things with the recession and all those things, but. It's it's time for a new voice for a new leader, and I'm stepping away. I I'm not going to have an office here at Lazy Boy. I'm not going to because that that happened when we made the transition uh, mm -hmm. before with Pat, and it's still the question of well, who's really in charge? Who's mm -hmm. making the, the the decisions behind the scene? And I I didn't like it, so I I won't do that to Melinda. Uh, and so I think the way the transition is supposed to work is. Uh, the way I described it earlier. And, and I think uh, we, we have a great relationship. Uh, we, we share ideas back and forth and uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to be great. And in addition, uh, our, our leadership team has, it was not a big surprise. It may have been a little surprised the timing of my announcement, but it was not a real big surprise to the team who was going to be in charge. Mm -hmm. It was never told directly and, we didn't really try to telegraph it, but, you know, they say that cream rises to the top and Melinda did that. And uh, so she's she's going to take uh, she's going to take Lazy Boy into the next century. 
Well, and there is no doubt there are, there are big shoes to fill here and, and stepping in behind any successful CEO is a challenge and particularly one who is so intertwined with the, you know, with, with what lazy boy is. Um, we've, we've joked, uh, you know, for better, or for worse, Kurt took over the company at a very challenging time. Um, and maybe to some extent there was nowhere to go, but up and he's leaving me with a very stable company in a very good place. So, so uh, now, now we really need to get to work, but you know, if I, if I look back, how we always think about things at Lazy Boy is, is we really have three primary stakeholders. We've got our customers, consumers, we've got our employees, and we have our shareholders because we are a public company. Um, and if I think about our customers and our consumers over so many years, nine, almost 94 years, we've mm -hmm. delivered really high quality product that you know is on trend for what the consumer likes and, and innovative in how we you know, in, in what those products look like. And we will continue to do that. Um, and Kurt has navigated us through, you know, even how we do that into being more successful in the, in the retail space. And we'll continue to look at that. For us, it'll be more and more about omni-channel. And what does that look like? And does the consumer want to shop Lazy Boy online or in a store or what? But we, we need to keep relevant products where we can meet the consumer. And in the near term, it's about getting product out there because our demand continues for all the work we're doing, you know, continues to, to uh, um, exceed where our supply is. From an employee standpoint, again, we, we have, you know, a, a phenomenal base of really loyal employees that have weathered many things with us most recently this pandemic. And about a year ago, this time, not even, we were furloughing, temporarily furloughing 70% of our organization. And since then, we're back and, and just have gone gangbusters. And our team has been fantastic at, at working together and, and pulling together and coming back. Um, and so, you know, we owe it to these, I owe it to these employees to ensure we've got a great leadership team and a great future ahead of us where we continue to grow. The last one then is our stakeholders, is our shareholders. and. And again, as a public company, it's about, you know, it's about returns and it's about growth. And the, the good news out of the pandemic is, you know, we, we've accumulated, are accumulating quite a bit of cash. And so we're at a, a, uh, an all-time you know, great position of being able to make some choices and, and look at our strategy and start to design what does that next 10 years look like and where might we drive growth? And even to the question on, on case goods and, and adjacencies, what is our core? How do we think about Lazy Boy? How do we think about our other brands like our Englands and our Joybirds and what role they'll play? And is there anything else we should be expanding into? All the while investing also in ourselves to get better technologically and even stronger with our people so that we, uh, we can continue to grow. I just know just from sitting in and observing on some of y'all's presentations and conference calls and discussions with analysts that, you know, you, Melinda, you already, you know, have a very strong voice there. And, um, you know, I, I noticed the, you know, the interchange between you and Kurt um, in fielding some, you know, sometimes some pretty tough questions. So um, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate the insights there. Yes, and indeed, and, and it seems, Kurt, you've obviously been through uh, two major crises: the uh, the financial crisis in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, 
and the pandemic. And Melinda, you were on board, you know, for the pandemic, one of the biggest challenging times for the industry. So it sounds like you all have a very good game plan um, going forward. My goal is to not weather two crises during my career. <laughs> so we wish you luck with that because we'll be weathering the same crisis if we do. Like I said, we're all of this together. So, uh, but I'd like to kind of wrap up here. Um, uh, you know, just talk, tell us a little bit about something about yourselves that, you know, our listeners may not know. I mean, Kurt, you're going to have some sort of well-deserved time, spare time here coming up, unless unless you've got a second career plan that we don't know about. Uh, but what what do you plan to do in your spare time? Uh, what spare time you're going to have not being on the board and all that? What do you like to do? <laughs> well, I don't. You know, I don't know that anybody uh, has a hundred percent plan when they finally decide to retire, and mm-hmm. and I think. In this environment, it's even a little different uh, because the the options for travel, uh, going to Europe, doing some other things, is really not there for a while yet. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm going to enjoy time with my nieces and nephews who live across the street. Uh, I'm going to work like hell on my golf game. We we do have a home in, in Naples that I'm sure uh, we'll be spending some more time too, but. Uh, you know, you don't you don't know what you're missing when you're you've been involved in running a company seven twenty four for for seventeen years. So uh, taking taking a little pause and figuring I still am on a couple of other boards, uh, a public energy board here in Michigan, and a hospital board and things like that. So I'm not I'm not going from a hundred miles an hour to zero. I may be going from 100 to 50 or 140, but yeah. uh, I just I, I, I just think when the, the and this has been in discussion for a while with the board. The, Linda has the full board support, but I the company's doing so well. You we have a great team, and now we have the the leader we need. Yeah, if you don't leave now, when do you ever leave? And, and then you stay a little longer and then there's another crisis or something happens. And then uh, uh, you're, you're have to stay here another four or five years. And I, you know, I decided a while ago, I, I don't want to be working full time when I'm 70. And, and so it just all lined up and it's, it's the right thing for my wife and I It's the right thing for the company. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to leave the industry totally, and uh, I, you know, some of the charitable things with the Hall of Fame and the City yeah. of Hope, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll still be uh, interested in and contributing to. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, there's a whole other life out there other than working, and <laughs> and it's my opinion is you. You know, if you own your own company and you wanted to slow down and you wanted to tr- slowly transition it over to your son or something, that's that's one scenario. But in a public vein, you either have to be all in or all out. And I've been all in long enough. And so there's a next chapter ahead of it. Well, very good. Thank you. And Melinda, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, 
the person that we don't know about, uh, what do you, what do you like to do? What do you, uh, what are some of your hobbies or passions outside of the business world? Well, you know, in between uh, growing up uh, for for a dad that moved a lot with his job um, at Goodyear, and then years with Procter and Gamble that they considered pack and go used to be the uh, the name. I've lived in six different countries and seven different states, um, and so for my husband and I, um, when we have free time, it's usually to go see friends and family that are sprinkled all over the place. And, uh, and it's even better when we can grab our two adult children to come along who, uh, um, are both in their twenties and, and, uh, so it's precious time when we get together. So for us, it's, it's generally travel, of course, in normal times, right. But, um, it's travel and getting to see things and see people around it. And, and it works well for, to, uh, be able to tie those in with, with work. And my in-laws live in Winston-Salem as of a year or two ago. So okay. already that makes it for an easy connection when uh, when we're down there for market to also see family. And that kind of is how we balance our life is to get the time together and take advantage of where we need to be and and uh, who we want to see. The only, dis- the only disagreement the two of us have is she's a big Ohio State fan. Oh, and, I, and I'm a big Michigan fan, so uh, we, we try to we try to respect each other's point of view, but it it depends on who won the last game. Yes. So, so right now, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> At least for basketball season. I grew up in Alabama, so I know all about that. <laughs> well, we are. This this has been a pleasure. A pleasure speaking with with both of you. Thank you both for taking time, Kurt. We wish you all the best as the um, as the outgoing um, president and CEO of Lazy Boy and Melinda. We wish you all the best moving forward as the the new CEO of Lazy Boy. We we eagerly uh, anticipate um, the things moving forward. So again. Congratulations to you both, and thank you for being part of this week's The Homefront Podcast that's broadcast as part of our On the Record podcast series. Thank you again. Hey, Tom, just just one other note um, that somebody pointed out the other day. So the company is is approaching uh, 93 years in business. Mm -hmm. Melinda will be the fifth CEO in the company's history. Wow. wow, that's so, thank you for, for taking note of that. They've had some. We've had some longevities at that position, and hope the same for Melinda. Yes, the that's thank you, thank you for pointing that out, Kurt. And again, again, best to you both, and um, thanks again, and we'll see you all. Thank you guys. All right, take care. Thanks again. We will. Uh, thanks for your time. Bye bye. Bye bye.